0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening, and I wanna talk um, about some things that I wish I knew before becoming a homesteader on a bigger scale. Um, You know, get some land, become a homesteader, go off-grid, right? I was watching some videos on YouTube all about that. And none of them really share some of the things that you might want to know before going all in. And I kind of want to talk about some things that I learned from, you know, going from a smaller suburban plot to a couple of acres, right? Because there was some things that kind of popped up that weren't necessarily expected. And I know a lot of you listening into this podcast, like, you know, you're dreaming of having a a bigger homestead, you know, some more lands, or maybe you're thinking of, you know, going off grid and things like that. So I wanted to kind of talk about some things that we ran into, um, and, um, how, how we tackled some of those problems. And I'm going to talk about fitness to start with, and I'm starting right here because going from a smaller suburban plot to a couple of acres, made me realize that I needed to be a lot more in shape. Um, I've always been a bigger person and having a homestead made me see how much harder I have to push myself, how much harder the things are that I'm doing on a day-to-day because of the extra, you know, um, baggage we'll say that I'm carrying is, right? You know, the last couple of weeks I've been hiking up and down the field with a wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow of wood chips, mowing an acre with a push mower because the ride on mower broke, right? Been lifting wood, digging out boulders, carrying water to the bottom of the field, right? Chasing after new puppies, because if you saw on Instagram, we've got two new border collie puppies, right? There's a lot of manual labour and some of this definitely isn't a surprise, you know, to some of you listening, but to others, let me tell you that it is hard work really hard work and i actually enjoy the hard work ironically um it's kind of fun to do Um, and I started working out and getting healthy um, and doing some weights and stuff in the house and but it really didn't quite prepare me for the summer and you know trying to get things transplanted took a lot longer because you know it it was difficult and it was tiring and you know having to break new ground before then planting things in it took a long time to do and granted it still probably would have taken me a long time to do even if I was you know Um, healthy and you know had a lot of stamina and stuff Um, but being bigger and you know having those kind of troubles on top um, made things take a lot longer. Um, So if you're wanting life as a homesteader on a lot more land or you're considering an off-grid lifestyle oh my gosh I can't believe that I once considered an idea of going off grid because um having you know three acres has kind of made me realize like how much work that is to um maintain and i think if i'd gone off the grid i would have really really um hated my choices (laughs) but you know that's that's what works for for me and my family like this this is great But I definitely would recommend to anybody that's wanting to go for kind of this homesteading kind of deal on a bigger scale is to start getting into shape if you're not already. Um, And the more that I've been working outside in the garden and working out, like getting out, hoeing weeds, you know, putting in new garden beds, all that stuff. The more i've been doing it the more i've been able to do so my stamina is getting a lot better i am huffing and puffing less as i'm hiking back up the hill i can even manage jogging whilst pushing a wheelbarrow and i am a big girl so i you know having this kind of lifestyle is helping me get fitter and get healthier i've managed to lose weight i've lost about 12 pounds now, which doesn't sound a lot over the number of weeks that it has taken. Um, but on the other hand, going slow and steady is what's going to win that weight loss race. Um, but I wish that I had been getting into shape so much earlier. Um, and I know that getting into shape is very difficult, especially when you're juggling, you know, work and, you know, family life and all of the other things. Um, And I I hear it because that's, you know, what I used to deal with as well as a long commute as well. Um, And now I try to make time to combine things together. So maybe I will do some, you know, kind of circuit training thing, but I'll combine it with things that need to be done in the garden. So maybe as part of the circuit I'm carrying you know, a full can, you know, jerry can of water down to the bottom of the garden and I'm doing some watering and then maybe the next bit is I'm jogging up the hill um, and then I'm refilling uh, the water jerry can that I've got and maybe I'm doing some squats or something whilst that is filling up. Like I try to combine things and so I'm not, you know, losing time per se um, and I'm still able to get a workout, um, you know, doing what i'm i'm normally doing um so that's that's just one of the f- first things that i i realized um moving into this kind of lifestyle the next thing is timing is everything as a homesteader right you've got to start your seeds at the right time you got to get plants transplanted at the right time for your climate get full crops started on time which by the way is right now if you're in a northern climate Um, You know, you want to have a successful fall garden, you want to be harvesting at the peak of freshness and flavour, you want to be getting your harvest preserved, raising animals, making sure that they're cared for, it all takes time and balance and we didn't do animals this year and um, we did that so we didn't overwhelm ourselves and I'm really glad about that. Um, I think many of us put unnecessary pressure on ourselves to have all of the things, like, right now, right this second, right? Um, otherwise, we're not a homesteader, right? I don't know if you've ever felt like that. I didn't. I felt like that. Like, I didn't feel I was a a real homesteader until, like, I had chickens in a garden and, and all of that kind of stuff. I don't necessarily feel like a, a homesteader right now, even though I've got three acres and, you know, a garden and all of these things, right? And, um, you know, some of that is... Kind of the uh, the comparison, right? You're looking at other people's Instagram posts or whatever, and you know, oh, they've they've got all this thing, and oh, doesn't that look lovely? And yes, yeah, that's, that's what a homesteader should be. But even though we we live like a home homesteader, sometimes you don't feel like it. Um, and you know, one of the things that is often happening with people who are doing this kind of lifestyle, especially when you're juggling, you know, work and everything else is, you know, you're not missing out by going slow, right? By going slow and steady and by, you know, taking your time, you're going to have more success in the long run by trying to do everything that can run you into burnout and hating the lifestyle that you chose kind of like me running up a hill when I first started doing it hated all the life choices that I did right there um but you know eventually as I got used to doing some of these things I started to enjoy it more and I like to reflect on the why I'm doing this like why am I choosing to live this life right and you know it, I always try to go back to that why Um, You know, after I've run up the hill and I'm really tired and struggling to stand up right um but also you know i'll be out checking the plants and things have got eaten by some critter and it's really frustrating right i'm pretty sure it's natural to be frustrated when you've lost 50 plants of broccoli and cabbages combined because they've been eaten by something and then you're thinking like why am i doing this what's the point of this right there's no one forcing me to live like this this way right i'm not in medieval england right or not an early settler or a pioneer or anything else right and it's important to remember that why so you're not feeling totally defeated and it's okay to take a break and recharge your batteries or sharpen the saw um was another way that i i heard it expressed right when you need to um, you know for my husband that's going fishing um for me it's crochet or it's cuddles with the dogs and netflix or maybe it's doing a bit of dog training right there's that's something that gives me a lot of joy is when i am working with my dogs like vault my um irish wolfhound collie cross or lurcher rescue he is i mean he is amazing when i start working with him on doing tricks right we're we're looking at doing some um, trick dog stuff together. And, you know, spending that time, like, not doing, like, homestead stuff kind of takes you know, gives your mind a chance to, to reset and, um, watching him works actually incredibly fun to do. Um, especially when he really gets, gets into it and he's like really working hard to, to get the treat. The same with the border collies, right? Having, you know, just watching them play fetch with the ball and running around or, you know, the puppies just learning their, you know, sits and lie downs and pause, right? You know, some of the basic kind of obedience stuff. Like seeing them learning that, and you know, getting into into that is um, actually quite a good way that I like to recharge um, my batteries, and it's good for the dogs too, because um, having unruly dogs is is no fun for anybody. Even though you know, I got a border collie, so those of you that have border collies. You know what life is like with <laughs> um. But it is OK to take that break and recharge them when you need to. And it's, it's good to be able to acknowledge like this is too much and, you know, I need to dial things back a bit. And having your why, like why you're doing this, is going to help you through when things don't go to plan. But I also recommend, as well as having that why, is having a plan for the year or the next five years of goals if you're feeling ambitious to kind of help, you know, keep you on track with those bigger important goals that you want to achieve as a homesteader. It might be that you want to grow enough cucumbers to make pickles for the year, or maybe you want to pick up and learn a new skill like sewing or woodworking or crochet or knitting or whatever it is, right? Maybe it's fermenting, you know, It might be that you want to make a portable solar powered generator to practice for living off grid, or maybe you want to put in swales for your garden to move water around more efficiently on your property. So for example, our plan for the homestead over the next five years looks something like this. Put the garden in, begin landrace project. Two, have old commercial chicken barn demolished. Three, fence garden or acreage. Four, Build chicken coop, get chickens. Five, build cob, pig pan, get pigs. Although... You know we've got lists of things like remodeling and renovations and repairs for the house that also need to be done on on top of that and those are very scary and expensive um it doesn't all need to be done right now immediately right this second and um, there might be some things that pop up for you that need urgently completing right like a burst pipe nah, you might want to take care of pretty quickly um, or other chickens have escaped into next year next door's backyard that happened when i lived in the suburbs and like my chickens flew over into my my neighbor's yard and i had to go get them that was pretty bad um you know or the dog busted through the chicken coop um my dog had a seizure um one day um poor little poor little thing volt had um he he has sporadic seizures and um he had one that was uh pretty pretty violent and um he ended up like not f- going through the the chicken coop and breaking things up um during his seizure so that was that was pretty bad um but you know we had to then repair the chicken coop as soon as um he you know was through his seizure and was was safe um you know we then needed to get those repairs done pretty quickly um maybe for you something that needs taking care of more immediately is deer and groundhogs eating the garden and you need to fence it right some of the goals that we have for our 5 year plan like Seems simple enough and that they could be done in a timely manner right like build chicken coop get chickens that seems like something that could be done you know over over a weekend but it's not something that we can do in a year or even two years with all of the other things that are going on around the the property and around the house and you know work and everything else and, and that's okay right it that kind of leads me on to the next point which is you don't have to be perfect right you don't have to have everything you know all spick and span and you know looking just right and stuff and this is coming from someone who is a perfectionist i'm like the worst at being perfect for things and i get it it is really hard to to let things go that it's not perfect right my grandparents always used to say you need to be like water off a duck's back just let it roll off and let it go um and you know i don't get sucked into what a uh, quote-unquote perfect garden or perfect homestead or perfect chicken coop or perfect whatever looks like you don't have to do it on for sure you don't need it to be perfectly manicured and all of those things right look make it all super pretty like it's going to be on a cover of a magazine to be a homesteader right i i see pictures on instagram facebook groups youtube and you know all the social media stuff right and i'm like wow that kind of looks amazing and way nicer than mine like my like truth right there like i i i do that all the time my parents went to um they went to some um gardens in the uk and they always take pictures of things and then send them to me and there was some gardens that they did that were on terraces and i was like oh send me those pictures because you know i'm on a hill right terrace gardens are really interesting to me um you know and i'm sort of looking at these like beautifully manicured flower gardens and stuff and i'm like oh my gosh that looks so pretty I wish I had that in my garden. And then, you know, you got to realize like these kind of stately homes and stuff, they they employ people <laughs> to keep it like that. You know, my grandparents' garden was always really pretty and manicured and stuff, but it it didn't always look like that. It took time to get like that. Um and that's that's okay. You know, my gardens and stuff right now are mostly mostly weeds. Um, uh, but that's that's okay there's there's things that are producing it's it's fine um you know we get very much caught up in you know the picturesque idea of what a homestead might look like right um and remember when it comes to a homestead or a garden right these things evolve and grow and establish and grow as you evolve and grow and try and you know, and experiment new things in your garden, right? I've met so many gardeners, homesteaders and farmers who are like, it ain't pretty, but it works. And, you know, when it comes to things like fencing or trellis or plant supports, garden beds, gates, coops, animal housing and everything else in between, right? I've seen some, you know, pretty dire looking, you know, animal housing and stuff. And, you know, I remember looking at it and I'm like, i i feel like i'm gonna need a tetanus shot just looking at it right um but the animals and stuff in there they're safe they're safe from the predators it works perfectly well right the they're able to get the animals in and out get them fed get them watered they're safe they've got the space right it works it just doesn't look how i would expect it to be right and that's you know that's getting caught up in that picturesque idea again right maybe your picturesque idea of a homestead is a red barn on rolling green hills or stone walls and sheep with a border collie running around herding everybody um maybe it's a little brick cottage with a wood burning stove to cook on or a wood cabin deep in the wilderness where the grunting of hungry bears wakes you from your slumber right maybe that's that's what your picturesque idea of a homestead is um but you can get there And it might take time and it might take some things, you know, that you're trying where you are right now. And maybe you're going down that, hey, it's ugly, but it's functional things to start with. But then over time, those things become beautiful as you get the time and the money or the resources to make them nicer and how your vision see it. It takes time and it takes resources to do some of those things. And, you know, you're A unique person and your homestead and garden are just as unique as you find the things that you love about it and celebrate those rather than getting hung up on oh well my my homestead and my garden doesn't look like you know the neighbors or it doesn't look like this other homesteader who's in the same zone as me you do you my friend you do you and speaking of resources um i wish Before I became a homesteader on a larger scale, I wish I knew more things like water in terms of wells, catchment and storage, machine maintenance, uh, and home repairs before we scaled up. Um, let Let me just talk very briefly about water catchment. So where I was in Utah, I was not allowed to capture rainwater. And um, that was part of the city ordinances and stuff. And I know a number of people in dry states also face those kind of problems where you're not allowed to put a water butt onto the house, for example. Where I was in the UK, did water butts all over the place. Like my grandparents had water butts. That is how they watered the garden was just through the water in the water butts and that's exactly what i'm wanting to do here in maine too is having some water butts you know set up so i can you know collect water off um the house off the my husband's wood shop, off the coop thing the lean-to and you know anything that i can get a water butt or rainwater catchment system set up onto i want to do that now I wish I knew a bit more about some of those other options that you have. Um, Swales is one way that, you know, water is moved in permaculture. Um, And I wish that I kind of understood a bit better about um, how to plan putting in a swale and moving water around a property, especially on something like a slope that I have now, um, because you've got to be kind of careful with how you put in, um beds and move water and stuff so you don't get a landslide when you're on a hill um so there's things like that that i kind of wish that i knew more about um but also just kind of things like home repairs or maintenance of stuff because some things are pretty expensive when you need to hire in and i honestly like i wish that when i'd lived in a more suburban area that i had made use of community colleges evening classes and other things like that nearby to learn some things that i didn't know i needed to know and i know that that might not make sense so let me give you some examples right lawnmower repair um so I have no idea how to realign cutting blades or how to winterize and service a lawnmower or even a snowblower. Um, I've got no idea. Um, I know how to use a lawnmower. I know how to put gas in it as long as I'm told like what the right type of gas is. Not that I've not put the wrong type of gas in a power tool or anything before. Okay, I have. Um, but, you know, I... I don't know how to use these things Snowblowers don't know how to to use one i would just uh you know grab the trusty snow shovel and do it manually um because hey it's exercise right um but i, I don't know how those things are, are used um how do well pumps get maintained do they get maintained how often do they get maintained um how does one use a chainsaw um so when my hubby was away for over a month at some training i had trees come down on the dog pen one night the dogs weren't in it by the way um the dogs went out to pee and the next morning they were not happy that their outdoor toilet facilities had a new shrubbery in it um they were like what is this um i mean luckily my neighbor you know, came over and easily took care of it, but I have no idea how to use a chainsaw, let alone where my hobby keeps the tools that I might need. Like, I couldn't find a saw for love nor money in that wood shop. I had no idea where anything was. um And, you know, one of the things that I would recommend to somebody who's looking at going, into this kind of homesteader lifestyle particularly because i didn't grow up as a homesteader i didn't grow up you know on a on a farm or anything like that my parents you know sure my parents liked to garden my grandparents liked to garden but you know nobody had like rolling acres of things and you know chickens and ducks running around or anything like that that i could get involved with i've learned all this step by step by trial and error right and i i honestly would recommend like see what courses or classes are available near to you right if there's evening classes for basic plumbing or car maintenance those things often seem to be available um You know or check in and see if you've got a friend who's got you know might need some help with remodeling or fencing or whatever um to help you learn some some skills right check out your local library too right many offer courses and stuff and they can order in books for you right i saw some books on the um the local university extension office's website um that might be helpful for us like there was one about raising pigs and there was another for pastured poultry um i'm definitely going to check in and see if my library has those before dishing out my hard-earned cash to to buy it um But definitely see if there's, you know, things nearby that you can help with. The other thing that I wish that I'd done more of is kind of actually talk to people face to face who had various types of animals so I could see, like, what really goes on with how these things are raised and what it kind of takes to do that. So, for example, we've been toying with the idea of having a couple of goats, Um, because, you know, cheese is delicious, but, um, you know, there's a lot of shrubs and stuff that, you know, a goat would quite happily, uh, take back on our property. Um, and, you know, I've talked to people who've owned goats and, you know, it's, it's really kind of, I guess polarizing it's either one one end of the spectrum or the other um, because I've had some people who've said like they're really easy to take care of and there's you know little problems and stuff with them and I've had other people who are like goats are a nightmare like I couldn't keep them contained I couldn't keep them out with the things that they shouldn't be in like you know it, it was just like one was you know like a a Disney story and the other was a horror story it was it was pretty bad um but being able to kind of talk to people who've had animals and you know get some hands-on experience with doing that even if it's you know mucking out a cow stall or something right just to kind of have an opportunity to ask questions and kind of see what it's really like having um to take care of some of these animals chickens i kind of wish i'd been able to sort of talk to some people more about chickens before we we got them um and you know now like i feel I've got a, a handle on chickens I think I've, I've had enough and they are relatively straightforward um, but sometimes you get some weird and wonderful things pop up that you're not overly sure on and it's kind of nice if you're able to talk to somebody that's got a bit of experience about those kind of things um, so having a, a network of people that you can talk to is very very Um, helpful um but also you know being able to have you know an opportunity to ask questions um about maybe it's house repair maybe it's you know raising animals or even gardening right i mean a lot of places here in the u.s particularly there are local extensions you have um know these kind of expert gardeners and you're able to ask questions about things and they're able to help you um for you know for free basically um master gardener programs they're usually called and um, that's a, a really great resource um for people especially if you're you're new um to an area and you're not too sure what is going on so make use of those programs if they're there um for you Um, I also wish that we had done a lot more research um, and specifically a lot more research in planning, like the cost of electrical and heating bills, um, fencing, preemptive repairs, and that we had saved a lot more. Um, So, for example, when we first moved in, which was October last year, so 2021, we have needed to have um, water filtration put in so the well water uh tests came back with some questionable results um maybe that was just because the house hadn't really been used for a while it was kind of sat for a bit um but even so like the the levels of um some heavy metals and stuff were kind of wor worrisome and you know i didn't want to risk that with my family so you know we put in a water filtration system which is expensive um we had emergency plumbers needing to come out we had uh the damage from the rats um including two ruined dishwashers thank you rat um things that needed to be done for homeowners insurance were insanely expensive and honestly i wish that i had at least doubled our savings or I had really, really kind of gotten some good quotes for things, um, which I guess really difficult. Like, it's quite difficult to get people to come out to give you quotes, right? I can't tell you the number of contractors that, you know, we have, you know, called and left messages with and tried to line up for quotes and coming in and taking a look at stuff only for them not to not to show up um so that that was kind of tough but i really wish that you know we'd definitely doubled our savings um i'm constantly watching the cost of heating oil to see when the price is right so i can get our heating tanks filled ready for winter but at the same time we're also looking at researching like newer more efficient heating and cooling systems to upgrade because i'm pretty sure the amount that we're spending in you know electric and uh, heating oil we could actually Upgrade our system um to something that's a bit more efficient but there's expensive like those even if you um are thinking of having like a more off-grid lifestyle too right you're probably gonna need diesel or petrol or gas whatever um for generators to power things like water supply pumps and electricity there's the cost of wood cords that are seasoned like how much wood are you going to need for winter do you need two cords of wood or do you need 14 right What about propane? Where can you go to get that filled up? Is that something that can be delivered to you, right? How much is it to set up a solar system? Um, Does it have to be tied into the grid? Do you need planning permission for that? Can it be standalone? How do you do that, right? I I saw a couple... online who'd made a solar power setup that was portable and they designed it for this rental property that they had like they were renting at the time but it could also be used for camping which i thought was really cool um so start small build on those successes was definitely a key takeaway from from that that i read um but i mean we we learned so much from like building our chicken coop in the suburbs for example right we had a a coop that was in one place it got stinky pretty quick um and even though like i've got the land to have a coop in a stationary position um here it's not really something that we want to do like i want to have the ability to move that coop have them deposit manure around the property and also like eat a lot of you know bugs and ticks and stuff like that so you know i i learned things about like what plants the chickens readily ate those plants that the chickens didn't eat um kind of what chickens were more inclined to forage for it wasn't snails it wasn't slugs unfortunately um unless it was the brahma and then they gobbled those up really well um But we we learned a lot by doing that from a small scale and you know there's going to be things that we learn going up you know to the next scale right um so for example now we're drawing up movable chicken coop designs and we're working on things that are going to be predator proof right so what sort of um hardware cloth we're going to need like how far down and out do we need to do the skirt so by that i mean you know where the ground touches the um the coop or where the coop touches the ground rather there's going to be like a, a, a hardware cloth or something that lies flat against that ground to kind of stop things like foxes and stuff from burrowing down to get under um and into that coop like how far out does that need to be um, what's the best way to be able to um, build that so those skirts don't get in the way when we're trying to move the coop right we don't want those things to get broken stuff like that i'm also working on methods to collect rainwater and use it in the garden and how that would work is it possible to have a water catchment system on the chicken coop and then you've got water for your birds or at least a way to supplement you know water coming out of the well for them things things like that so research and save for your bigger homestead dreams whilst practicing smaller homesteading skills in the city those are definitely going to help you set up for a success right canning when i first started canning it was only small batches that i did and then as i got more confident with my skills in canning we got you know we did bigger and bigger batches to now where you know i always go back to canning tomatoes for the year because we knew we needed you know around 52 quarts so at least you know we could have one pasta dish or one dish that had tomato sauce you know every every week so we figured that out by concentrating on that one thing and then we're able to start to expand it to other plants and other skills and things so you know i i definitely am a big proponent of researching and and you know saving up whilst doing some of those skills but don't get caught up into that where you're constantly learning like where you feel oh if i if i just learn more how to do this then you know i'll be able to do it like don't don't get caught up in that sometimes it's better to to actually do it and then build on those skills Um, as you're doing it and that's certainly what what we did Um, and honestly I found no end of ideas um, for how to do something or improvements to something that I already have thanks to taking a little bit of time over a cup of coffee looking on the internet and the generosity of other gardeners and homesteaders sharing their ingenuity with the internet Um, so that that's something that you know it's always been help helpful like um i oh my gosh, I saw there was a different way that somebody had uh wart butts set up, so rather than them being vertical, they had them horizontal and they had them so they were linking um up to each other, kind of like a daisy chain kind of deal and it worked like my mind was blown it took up a a much smaller footprint and um you were able to store way more water and i was looking at this and i showed it to my husband and i'm like this is genius and my husband loved it because it you know we figured out well this will fit perfectly here and then it won't be an eyesore like you know we can make it look nice so you know it's not something that the neighbors have to to look at particularly or anything like that so the internet is full of some really great ideas, um, but don't get caught up in always researching if this is kind of the lifestyle that you're wanting to have. Now, this probably sounds obvious, um, but when you scale up to have a larger garden or a couple of acres, or from having a third of an acre or smaller in the city, um, it takes more time to tackle some tasks. Um, so, putting up a fence for the dog pen took almost a full day. Um, because of the size of the dog pen, but, you know, it takes more time to do lots of different things. Um, You know, weeding a long garden bed by hand takes a few days for me to do by myself. Um, I can see for sure why organic produce is expensive, aside from the certification requirements for you to be able to say that you're organic um, and sell it as such, and the expense that goes into, you know, having... You know somebody or you know a company come out and certify you and audit you and go through all of your paperwork and all that good stuff um you know that's that's expensive itself but you also need to pay the people who are painstakingly weeding and harvesting um those garden those beds um and fields and stuff so i can totally understand why organic's really expensive um, and having broken new ground those weeds are just up and covering the ground as quick as i can get them weeded and attempts to sow fast-growing crops to help get established before the weeds were um highly favored we'll say um by the bugs and animal critters who also inhabit the homestead so uh something's eight pretty much all of my lettuce I've not had uh, a lettuce harvested from the garden yet because something (laughs) keeps eating them Um, and now I'm kind of at that point where I've sown some more lettuce and I'm just going to have to keep going and checking on it and I'm just going to be harvesting baby lettuce, I think, uh, if I can, before something eats it. Um, but, you know, those those things come up. Um, my no-till beds, on the other hand, are mostly weed-free. Um, so next year is going to be incredibly exciting to see how a dig bed and a no-dig bed are going to fare up. But also, all of the new beds that I've put in are now going to start moving to a no-till um type of garden which is going to be great because it's going to start reducing the amount of time that i'm spending weeding um i've already um learned that you know having things on a bigger scale takes more time um or at least more people kind of helping so it you know you can stick to a similar timeline um but i've also learned you know just from actively doing things on the property um that there's differences from how i used to garden so i've already learned that i need to start way more plants from seeds and transplant them because of my short growing season so winter crops um i did a lot of winter sowing i used milk jugs or water containers they were a fantastic space saver and i used that happily for all of the cool weather crops like my broccoli cabbage all that good stuff and you know i got really good germination from those um i didn't i decided not to do um like start melons corn and squash indoors to then transplant um, but instead I opted to sew those directly in the ground and I was running out of space pretty bad inside with all the tomatoes and peppers and stuff I had growing. Um, however I got to sewing my corn, melons and squash really late um, so We're just going to see what actually happens. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to get anything to produce in that time. Um, But if it does produce, it produces well, then I'm definitely going to be saving the seed and start building up that land race, right? That was number one on my list of things that we're doing this year is having that land race getting started um so if it produces well produces within the the scope of the season i'm going to be saving seed from it and you know remember the first year with the garden or somewhere new is always the hardest as you learn the cycles of the land you're learning the flora and the fauna that live there and you're learning your seasons when does it rain when doesn't it rain how hot does it usually get don't beat yourself up if things are not going quite to plan Each garden you grow will get better as you hone your skills with the land. And I would love to hear from you. What did you wish that you knew before you started homesteading? Let me know in the Facebook group. And until next time, I hope your garden grows beautifully. And I'll see you next week.